0: to get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: it doesn't matter what the joke is if they decide okay this comedian needs to go to jail you will go to jail
0: hello and welcome back to another episode of balancing acts in this conversation i talk to comedian and writer anaban dasgupta perfect Hello, I'm Steve Whiteley and welcome to Balancing Acts, a series of conversations with an array of creatives. We talk about their journey, the struggles they faced whilst progressing their career, strategies they used to unlock their creativity, how they balance their career with their personal lives, what impact this has had on their mental health and lots more. Anuban is one of India's top rising comedy stars. He originally worked in sales and then left that job to pursue comedy full time. He was one of the founders of Comedified, one of the first comedy groups in Calcutta and he played an instrumental part in establishing the comedy scene in the uh, sleepy city. He then moved to Bombay, which is the capital of stand-up comedy in India and success soon followed. In 2018, Anuban released his Amazon Prime special called Take It Easy and he spent Six years working with a bunch of cohorts and collaborators on his dark comedy show *Afsos*, which is also streaming on Amazon Prime. This conversation gives an insight into what it's like trying to make it as a comedian in India, and um, as well as talking about Anaban's personal journey, we talk about the obstacles he and other comedians like him face when they're trying to express themselves comedically. Uh, and but heads constantly with a totalitarian like government who are clamping down hard on freedom of speech and expression over there. So, this is a fascinating conversation. And remember, if you like this conversation, if you like balancing acts, the podcast series, then please do rate and review us on Apple. It would uh, make my day. So if you if you feel like making my day, then um, just uh, leave a little uh, rate and a review. That would be most lovely of you. And if you want to sign up to my newsletter, you can. It's uh, on my website, Steve Whiteley, W-H-I-T-E-L-E-Y dot co, and you can sign up there. And I will, I promise not to spam you be irregular not even spamming just be uh, you know stuff that's related to the podcast and so forth that hopefully you will be interested in so without further ado over to Anaban. so let just to rewind you I know you previously worked in a sales job before yeah. you got into to stand-up comedy how did you go about that transition from working in a you know sales day job to then deciding to go all in on comedy
1: um it was actually a calculated risk uh, what uh, i did is i started uh, doing open mics along with my job and uh, the big advantage I had uh, in the city where I was Calcutta was there were no other comics so uh, we kind of became the first comics uh, in that city so uh, that first movie's advantage was huge that like you know I'm kind of living
0: off it even today I think (laughs) so uh... so who who were the guys then that you looked up to who were the guys are you looking at thinking right okay this is this is the kind of career that I want to aspire towards these are the people that are inspiring me if you were literally the only comedians in your own city? Yeah,
1: the, the guys we looked up to uh, were the guys in Bombay and Delhi. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, these places the comedy scene uh, uh, had evolved into uh, uh, into something. It was still very small but uh, we were kind of part of the circuit so there were clubs uh, in Bombay. Uh, so comedy store uh, comedy store uh, the UK comedy store had opened uh, up a Bombay branch. Uh, it was called comedy store and then it got into a lot of legal trouble but that was the that was the dream for us that okay we need to go and perform at the comedy store in bombay uh, what what the comedy store used to do during those days this is 2010 they used to have uh, three acts uh, flying down uh, from uk australia canada so those were the guys like you know uh, our uh, our first live experience of stand up shows were looking at these guys and uh, that so yeah we started looking up to them then the uh, batch of comics that came out from Bombay Uh, they were pretty good and they gave us some uh, kind of ambition they gave us some direction so yeah the the initial goal was to just uh, be able to do stand up at the comedy
0: store in Bombay. Wow and so you you were performing every night while you were doing your full-time job and then and then what and if so then what was the uh, transition how did it happen from you going from that to then quitting your job to go all in full-time?
1: Yeah so the 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 formula that I had in mind uh, was that uh, the day I make uh, my salary uh, from comedy in a month. So uh, the day I make enough money from comedy, uh, like in a month that I earn from my job, I'll quit. And the first month uh, it happened, I just resigned. And uh, then there was like a three months notice period. And that was when I stopped getting gigs. So I resigned the day like (laughs) my salary. Yeah, yeah, my salary wasn't like a big salary. It was like about uh, Indian rupees, uh, 30,000, 35,000. So the day I made uh, 35,000 from comedy in a month, I quit. And then the next six months, I didn't even make 30,000 combined. (laughs) All the six months combined. But uh, yeah, I'm happy that I took that decision. Uh, Because I was in Calcutta, I still got some work. Because, uh, you know, any, any inquiry in Calcutta, anybody wanted a private, gig or anybody wanted a show at a bar like we used to always get a call uh because like literally there was nobody else so that helped me like make some money and like you know survive uh, that year and then i just moved to bombay and uh took up some writing
0: jobs to support stand-up and what was the audience like in calcutta if you know they'd never been to any live stand-up shows before how did they respond
1: yeah it's like uh yeah, yeah, yeah. they were all first timers and uh, but the audience was good. Like uh, the people uh, over there uh, who used to come to our shows have been exposed to some kind of comedy uh, like, you know, uh, via YouTube. Uh, they've seen all the, you know, uh, all the icons of stand up, the Carlins and the Seinfelds. So like uh, some of them knew what to expect, uh, whereas the others, uh, you know, we kind of had to educate them. So like... Uh, early on like uh, we used to actually like was the first five minutes we used to actually explain to the audience ki, okay this is how it uh, it's gonna work uh, we are going to tell you jokes don't get offended laugh laughter is very important for you know the energy of the show for you to have fun so it used to be like a lecture up top and then you start the
0: show yeah wow, <laughs> wow so you're really like starting from you know step one yeah yeah absolutely Amazing. absolutely yeah we, we, I, I'll tell
1: you, I, I'll tell you like this will, uh, you know, uh, say a lot of things. So uh, not just the audience, even the comics, like all of us, we didn't know shit about stand-up, right? We were also like figuring it out. So we didn't, uh, at that point, we didn't even know that going up top is not good because you get a cold room. Because at that point, we used to think, hey, let me just go up top, get done with my shit. And then I'll sit and enjoy <laughs> the others. <laughs> so we used to actually toss who will go first and whoever uh, who will go. Uh, like we used to toss for The Order and me and Weber, who's another comic who's now in Bombay. Um, uh, during those days, uh, whoever won the toss used to go first. And uh, it took us about six months to realise this is actually not a good deal. <laughs> like we're spoiling our own prospects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what, what was your family's reaction to you deciding to, you know, go all in on your comedy career?
1: Uh, my family was pretty... Uh, Positive. They are pretty supportive. Uh, they they were like pretty stable in their own uh, way. They were pretty okay. financially stable, so they didn't really bother me uh, with uh, you know like have a job. They they've always been. They actually did not want uh, me to do a regular job. Like they, they wanted me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I was a kid, they wanted me to like you know play professional sports or something like you know out of the ordinary. Okay. So, uh, did not have much trouble uh, convincing them they were quite happy all, although my mom still doesn't know what i do properly like it's very <laughs> difficult uh like she uh, she doesn't understand hindi and uh, english like you know that well like uh, she converses mostly in bengali and our stand-up is mostly in hindi and english uh so yeah she she doesn't really like uh, watch my shows and all and she has a tough time explaining to relatives what i do but
0: uh <laughs> has she happy. been to any of your gigs
1: she has, actually, and she's yeah. just laughed at anything because, you know, uh, I'm her son. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> what's more important.
0: It's interesting watching um, your clips, which are, which are very funny, but how you jump between Hindi and English. Why is that? Why do you jump between the both when you're performing stand-up?
1: Um, I think that's that's how we talk here. Okay. Uh, like it's if this, the language is called Hinglish, you know, the, right. the, the combination of Hindi and English okay. and uh, that that's like kind of the urban language in India, uh, in all the cities. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and all, like, uh, yeah, so we just try to like, you know, uh, take it to stage and, uh, you know, in the early days of stand up what used to happen a lot and I have also done it a lot that the setup used to be in English. And the punchline, uh, which, uh, punchline would be just in raw Hindi, right? And uh, that would always get a reaction because it's relatable. The audience also speaks the same language. I see, yeah. Uh, some like colloquial phrase and all. So it, it was kind of a hack. Uh, we still do it. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a natural
0: transition from what we are in real life to stage. And then what was it like when you moved to Bombay and now suddenly you're in this environment where you've got an established comedy scene? Hmm.
1: Uh, They were. They were like you know what happened uh, during those days uh, in in Bombay. What really helped us uh, accelerate our journey was uh, the comedy store. uh, actually had a lot of legal troubles with their Indian partner uh, the case is probably still going on and then the comedy store walked out of India and then canvas laugh club like the Indian partner basically took over that space the same space it's designed exactly as per the comedy store in London uh, it became a canvas laugh club and uh, they had not paid a lot of comics because they were in a lot of legal trouble uh, they had not paid a lot of comics for like years so all those big comics just refused to uh, perform there till their dues were cleared and uh, just around that time in came all all comedians from outside bombay from delhi from calcutta from bangalore and we were like yeah yeah we'll do that we don't need the money we just like want to perform because that was the place to be and uh, that helped us like you know uh, get an entry into the door you know, uh, in Bombay, and uh, then we became the regulars, and in, in those clubs, and we also got paid. Uh, so that that was that was like a, a big, uh, like unintentional kind of a thing that happened that helped us uh, you know uh, make some mark in bombay and otherwise uh, what we needed to do money in stand up was not that much so we used to do a lot of writing gigs like we will take up uh, any any kind of writing gig it could be like writing a sketch it could be writing an ad for a brand uh, it could be writing with another senior comic uh, who's like you know doing a show on youtube so all these writing gigs uh, paid really well and uh, it just gave us a little bit of a leeway, okay, even if stand-up doesn't pay for the next couple of years, we are financially
0: okay. And in terms of the audience, were they just as receptive as the Calcutta audience or were they harder to win round because they're more versed to, to comedy and seeing live gigs and stand-ups and so they have a higher standard? <sighs>
1: No, it was, so I I feel that the demographics of uh, audiences in the major cities of India, like Bombay, Delhi, uh, Calcutta, Bangalore, are more or less the same because they're like consuming more or less the same uh, media that we do, like YouTube, Twitter like Instagram wasn't there around that time. So uh, I did not really feel a lot of difference between Calcutta crowd and Bombay crowd. The difference was that, yeah, they knew what to do. They knew what to expect, whether in Calcutta we had to like a little bit educate them before the show started. In Bombay, you could just hit the ground running.
0: I see. So do you feel like in a way, getting into stand-up at this point of time um, has been easier because of social media, etc., has meant that? you've got more of a globalized audience.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, the, the education
0: part is already covered
1: now. Yeah. Like, you know, they know what to expect. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like the audience and us, we have the same, uh, same routine. Like we are in, on the same websites. We are following the same news, uh, you know, in some way.
0: So yeah, it, it, it has actually made it much simpler. So, You moved to Bombay and then fast forward a few years and you've got your Amazon Prime special, Take It Easy, which is um, obviously a massive achievement. How did that happen?
1: Uh, So... um during that time, uh, about uh, in 2017, uh, I yeah. got uh, signed on with uh, OML, uh, which is a talent management agency uh, over here in Bombay. And they represent about 90% uh, of <laughs> comics in India. Uh, and uh, around that time, I was also like releasing my YouTube videos. And uh, in w- one of those videos uh, was on uh, an Indian freedom fighter called Netaji Chandra Bose. Uh, and the, basically, the whole... Uh, the joke was that uh, so he disappeared like you know his death is debated so uh, and a lot of people in Calcutta actually like you know have that hope that he'll come come back one day so and those are the stories i grew up with so did a video on that in 2017 and uh, i had to take it down in 12 hours because my mom started getting threats in Calcutta and there was like a huge campaign, political parties got involved. Uh, Those were the early days uh, of, uh, you know, internet outrage. Like currently, if a story like this happens, it's like, yeah, so what? Because like it happened with my friend yesterday, happened with another friend day before yesterday. But at that time, it was like pretty unique. Uh, Didn't really know how to deal with it. Uh, Some lawyers uh, advised me to, you know, just... uh, like take it down. So I took it down. And I remember that moment when I like actually deleted that video 12 hours after uploading it. Um, It like just felt like defeat. You know, that's like just I don't know how to explain it. But tangibly, you know, it was a defeat. Mm. And uh, so uh, then what I did is uh, I got really like frustrated. I came back home. And I just called uh, the programmer at the Canvas Laugh Club that which was formerly the comedy store and i said that uh, tomorrow i just want uh, to do a spot i was not on the lineup and he was like uh, how long do you want uh, to do i'm like just put me on for however long you want like you know 2 minutes is also okay 20 minutes is also okay and i went and i just like you know i did about 10 12 minutes uh, of what happened and how i'm feeling at that point and mm-hmm. just tried to like you know uh, reason with myself okay, what's happening and all I just like let it out and uh, it had some jokes and it absolutely destroyed it was like a 10-12 minute set that I got out of nothing over a night and that 10-12 minute uh, thing became an the hour, which is take it easy on Amazon Prime. So at that point, I was not even thinking of a special. I was just thinking of okay, I'm going to release this material uh, out about uh, you know freedom. The I, I was I, I used to uh, I was thinking that I'll call this uh, bit freedom versus offense, and on freedom, I will just like put a bandaid to just show that okay, freedom is uh, injured. Okay, so I was like planning all this I was planning a YouTube video and then uh, I kept doing it every night and every night it like that whole special has been written on stage like you know uh, before the special I used to write down every joke, every one liner and like you know I was very corporate about this whole process but like that kind of opened some floodgates, I don't know, I, I wrote the whole show uh, on stage, I used to go up on stage, do half an hour, 40 minutes and it's just talk about this and uh, then about like around in six months like you know i thought okay, okay i have something i can like maybe uh, make a show out of it then i started touring and then my management agency uh like you
0: know hooked up the amazon prime deal with me and do you think that this material really hit home more because you were talking about something that actually you cared about a lot but also mm-hmm. made you angry
1: yeah 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 actually that that specialist kind of derailed my comedy to be very honest because uh, okay. you know i i used to do a certain kind of comedy before that yeah. uh, which was political but Politics wasn't like, you know, at the forefront of it. I used to talk about not wanting to have kids. Then I, uh, you know, deconstructed a very popular like uh, Urdu song, which is like immensely popular in India. Normally when you deconstruct songs, uh, you know, it's it's all those, uh, you know, funny songs or like, you know, stupid songs that you like deconstruct with lyrics but this is actually an all-time classic and uh, I found an angle and that did so I used to do all of that and then I did Take It Easy which was so political and it was a lit filled with angst uh, that after Take It Easy I didn't really know what to do you know right. uh, like for a, for a year or so I was like really confused because I'm like okay now people are coming and like expecting uh, some political comedy but uh, doing political comedy in india has a little bit of a toll you know it has a mental toll attached to it because every day when you're doing you know something on politics or talking about the prime minister or the chief ministers then uh, you're also at the back of your mind continuously thinking i hope nobody's recording this i hope nobody's going to put this out i hope nobody's going to come after me so after take it easy i was like yeah i don't want to do this for a while because uh, like I I did that show for about two years so I started but like you know it kind of confused the hell out of me okay okay, what do I do now like I have an hour after that which is completely non-political some days I have a lot of fun doing it but some days I'm like yeah maybe I'm holding myself back maybe I should like you know do some other stuff so take it easy Went like you know it's one of those shows that went so well that it like kind of like messed with my head
0: yeah because I guess it pigeonholed you to a certain degree and and where, where are you at now with it in terms of your material and what you're
1: now exploring. i'm now i'm feeling uh like much better now i have a mix of both i have a healthy mix of both uh, now i know like some days when i'm feeling really angry i'll do th- that kind of stuff uh and uh, other days i have like you know about an hour of like clean non-controversial jokes so if i'm not feeling up to it i'll do those yeah. so i'm in a much better space now but like the year after take it easy what helped me actually i was not doing uh, a lot of stand-up after take it easy because okay. i was uh, doing my uh, web series of source. So, uh, thankfully, it didn't affect me a lot on stage because I uh, did not do a lot of shows in that year, but it did, uh, you know, affect my mind.
0: yeah i can imagine so, talking about the um, you mentioned the web series talk to me about that process because i know you you made it with uh dibya who's your your childhood friend and yeah. this was like i I'm, I'm assuming this was the first time you'd done something like this and it was quite yeah. a departure from just doing traditional stand-up do you want to just yes. explain that process, how it came about and um, and the results of it?
1: Right. Uh, I feel, uh, you know, th- there was a huge uh, boom uh, of TV shows uh, on OTT platforms uh, around 2015, 2016. Yeah. Suddenly from like, you know, uh, one OTT, we went to like 20 in a year and all the big boys came in, the Netflix and the Amazon, like they opened up their offices in India so the opportunities just like you know uh, like increased exponentially and uh, i was at the right place at the right time because comedy was also growing exponentially comedy was the thing to do on the internet on youtube so uh, the amazons and the netflix has obviously had interest in these comedians uh, so, at that point, I had this idea, uh, Dippo had this idea and he shared it with me, what if like a man who wants to die is just unable to kill himself, where do we go from there? And uh, we, we just like, I used to crash at his place when I used to come to Bombay for sports and uh, we just started discussing it uh, and we kind of knew that, okay, now uh, you know, these platforms are going to look for shows. So, suddenly we have an outlet. Otherwise, like, you know, if this happened 10 years back, then like, you know, we wouldn't really know how to go about it. Yeah. The conventional uh, method of like, you know, producing a film in Bollywood is is pretty difficult. It's like pretty much a closed industry. So, uh, yeah. So like we knew, okay, okay we have an opportunity. So uh, we we tried to make a pitch like from YouTube videos. We used to like, you know, figure out okay, okay how to go about it, how to make a Bible, you know. what all uh, do you need for a pitch and uh, then eventually uh, we pitched it to in 2015 we pitched it to a few platforms and uh, they all said no they all liked it but they were like no it's not it's very different from like what our audiences expect what we were trying to make eventually was India's first dark comedy Mm. Uh, so uh, I totally understand why like you know uh, we got a few rejections uh, up top but uh, it was good for us because it put things into perspective. Uh, it uh, the question that we were asked is okay do you want to make what you want to make or do you want to make what they want to make so if you want to make what they want to make this will be sold very easily because you know it has all the trappings of that but uh, if like you know but at that point when we debated this we were very sure that okay no we want to make our own thing we wanted to make India's Fargo that was like a very strong reference for us and uh, the couple of years that passed uh, you know after those rejections actually made the story much better so now i'm very happy that they didn't buy it because then it'll be a very shit show that's
0: it yeah so it's an important point though isn't it um yeah sticking to your creative guns and and making sure that you're doing something that you're inevitably proud of as opposed to doing it for commercial reasons which you know i can understand why why you would potentially do that if there's an opportunity to have a pot of gold at the end of yeah the yeah. creation then yeah but yeah. you're pleased with the decision you made to stand by your um uh, creative decisions uh, absolutely like i
1: i uh, i often tell dibbo that uh source the process of off source uh, end to end would be around six years from the day we started discussing it to the day it was released it would be around six years and somehow it's just the perfect process like we we got lucky like uh, the whole thing, like, you know, happened so beautifully, like all the, like, we had a lot of problems when we say that it was a perfect process doesn't mean that, like, you know, uh, we did not have problems, but all the problems led to something better. Okay. So that, that that was something uh, incredible. Like we went to shoot, uh, you know, uh, in the hills, in uh, when it was snowing in the Himalayas in the hills, uh, and uh, we were stuck. We were stuck and like lives were in danger like we were stuck in landslides and all the crew was stuck in landslides and all and we were like okay maybe this is the end of this show like this is never going to see like the light of the day and like you know people are going to die and all but somehow that became an insane part of the show the things that we shot uh, in that place uh without that it will be a completely different show so uh you know just The problems always led to something better. Like whenever, uh, you know, we would not get the person we wanted for a particular role, uh, we would be very disappointed. But then like a month later, we would get somebody even better. In hindsight, we can like think about those things and like, you know, actually analyze it. Uh, Another important thing about uh, Source was uh, it's probably the only show uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, done in India at that scale that has no producer interference at all, which right. is kind of unheard of in India, uh, because uh, you know our show was a like it was a decent uh, scale show for me, but in the grand scheme of things it was a very small show, mm-hmm. like with no A lister, no big uh, you know influencer. Uh, no big social media star, so Amazon kind of didn't didn't bother with it. They were like, okay, here's the money, just go make it. <laughs> so we uh, like the whole scripting process. We did not have even one meeting. Like, they just asked us to send us the final script. They read that final script and then they had no problems with that also. And I was speaking to my friends who've been doing shows with, like, Netflixes and bigger shows with the same platform, Amazon. And they're like, this is a dream. Like, how, how did you guys pull this off? And we're like, we just got lucky. <laughs> because that that's when you when you don't have a deadline when you're writing a show. It's It's just... Perfect. Right. Like, uh, you know, normally when there is a deadline, the week leading up to the deadline, you are kind of reorienting your, uh, you know, writing room to for the meeting, you're preparing for the meeting rather than just like, you know, writing and writing and making the show. So all these deadlines used to like really bother us because whenever there's a deadline, we have to reorient ourselves and like, you know, think about what we'll sell in that meeting. But uh, for Source, we just had a free hand and uh, the head of Amazon Prime told us uh, in the first meeting that I can see you are holding back a little bit. It's an absurd comedy. It's a little bit uh, weird. The only thing uh, that will make this work if you don't hold back. And I told him, yeah, I'm holding back so that you buy it. Like, I'm holding back so that (laughs) it's not too far uh, left, uh, you know, left of center for you. And he was like, no, no, no. If you're interested in it, we are interested in it for the right reasons to go all out. And that was the last communication I had with them for about a year. And then we just like, you know, finished up uh, developing the show, writing the scripts. Perfect.
0: So they had real faith in you then, in terms of yeah. the vision for the show, just to leave you yeah. alone. I mean, that is the dream case scenario, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> it can only go downhill from here now in terms of yeah, yeah that, 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 that's,
1: that's a, a problem. big problem. That's a big problem. Currently, I'm writing a film uh, with the same team. And uh, like, we already have had like, you know, five meetings in
0: three months. Yeah. You know, like, what's like, this? Hey, man.
1: Yeah, this is very different. This feels like your
0: first project. <laughs> How was ASOS received then in, in India?
1: Uh, very well, very well. Like uh, much more than what we expected. Uh, we Like I'll tell you honestly, the reason uh, like we made the show is uh, so that like we could make something that we would enjoy. So we made that uh, like, you know, uh, the goal was very clear. We are not making a show, uh, you know, for a particular demographics because that's what, Kind of happens uh, nowadays uh, in OTT platforms because there is so much data to analyze that these guys uh, kind of get lost in the data instead of just like you know working on what would make a great show. Yeah, they would they would like you know take things. Okay. Thirty to forty-year-olds enjoy this kind of stuff. So let's make some, make something for them. You so yeah. Like you can't a business, create. You can't yeah. create comedy like that. You know <laughs> exactly, exactly. But imagine exactly doing that.
0: that with like a live audience. You know, like quizzing <laughs> thirty-four. You know, they like these kind of gags. So if you could just. <laughs> focus on that
1: yeah 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 it's bizarre but like kind of the sign of the times and i i guess it makes sense at some business level
0: yeah, because, yeah. Know, so
1: much money is being spent for sure but like at least yeah the creator should be left alone is what i think yeah but uh yeah 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 so uh so like uh so i was very happy with the the response uh we did not uh, intend to make a film for everybody else but when we saw the final cut and when we like even saw the final scripts we were pretty sure that this is a show for everybody like whether the data like you know we had focus groups that's that's the biggest scam in the world uh so and those focus groups kind of like you know confused us and confused amazon okay, okay this won't work for them this won't work for them why do you, why, why, why you say it's the biggest scam in the world uh, right. because uh, because the process they follow is not scientific so that's mm. the number one problem so, so it's, it's based on
0: it's based on human judgment right it's based on Yeah individuals. It's
1: exactly exactly based on human judgment and your art art is subjective by nature yeah. so the whoever the manager is in that like you know some some MBA from a big B school, you know, he's like he's suddenly now the like, you know, is going to tell us, okay, start the show with a different scene. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not gonna accept that. So we had a lot of uh you know to and fro there. They actually wanted to change the start of the show. And our show like starts and ends in the same with the same scene. So it's right. just not possible. Like it's technically not possible. But they so, don't go and watch the whole show, they just see two episodes and I then they see. give you the most absurd. You know
0: feedback so and it's interesting of... so you had like you have the space to create the show you want to make but then it's only when yeah. you deliver that show you're, you're then given feedback yeah in yeah in terms that of was like okay first... we like this i don't like this
1: yeah that was the first time we actually got any like feedback from amazon okay. side at, uh, because amazon is very like all these otts are very dependent on these focus groups so uh, yeah it, it just made no sense first of all it was like a year too late and uh, secondly, like, if you want to, like, you know, yeah, like, uh, guys, me- <laughs> you, know, you should
0: have told us this four years ago. <laughs>
1: exactly. exactly. And, and, and the second thing is you at least the least you could I expect you to do before asking me to change the opening scene of my show is to watch the full show. <laughs> right like they just saw the first two episodes they just did a couple of group right. discussions and in these group discussions you know the alpha kind of takes over and whatever that person says everybody you know how group dynamics work right sure. like, uh, so it, it's it's not legit feedback actual feedback during focus groups uh, is when they are watching the film they are watching the sh- uh, episodes and uh, they have a camera on them like the room has a camera and I have the, the creators are sent a link of that room so like that's actually very insightful because you can see the points where they are laughing the points which are like you know getting a chuckle and then you can like kind of uh, work around it like you can still make some changes pace it up or slow it down change a few things here and there because you can see it's like you know it's like uh, me watching my audience watch my show but i'm at the side it's like me me watching the whole thing live um, even though i'm on stage so that gave me a lot of insights but they never they were not interested in those insights they were like you know they just like you know put it against some shit formula that they use for Bollywood. Uh, they don't even have formulas for web shows or TV shows. Like, they are using whatever they use in Bollywood films, which is a completely different ball game. Those are three-hour films playing in cinema halls, where Shah Rukh Khan, Salman Khan, all the big acts are there. So, you can't just, like, you know, uh, force-fit those rules into a web series that's black humor, like, you know, a show that... And the question that I asked the focus group is, why don't you, like, you know, uh, match our show with another show of this kind Mm. and uh, why are you matching our show with the biggest shows that the country has seen like you know with the biggest stars like makes no sense right and they're like we don't have any reference so then I was like then you guys should shut up (laughs) like you know if you don't have any reference then don't match us with some wrong films so that that was a big problem Uh, but thankfully Amazon like you know still understood it and like We were stuck for about two, three months, I think. Two months at least. And eventually, like, you know, uh, things worked our way. So you didn't have to make the changes? Nothing, nothing. No changes were made. Like, that came from the focus groups. And uh, then it released uh, and it did pretty well. uh, Like, uh, quite happy with... uh, Like, they don't share the numbers, but uh, like... uh, the kind of reaction that I got, I am still getting messages like it's been a year now, and people are still discovering the show and messaging me, Uh, I got a lot of support uh, from the comedy scene. uh, Because, uh, you know, to be very honest, that was my only bet. If my friends in the comedy scene kind of like, you know, enjoy the show and push Mm. the show, that'll be our marketing because our show actually had zero marketing officially. Uh, Afso said zero marketing so uh, which is which is very rare in today's like age of marketing like now when a show comes out like you know billboards uh, uh, you know The shows are on billboards, social media influencers get involved, a lot of money is spent in making sketches and interviews and all of it. Like the marketing like is huge right now. And in India, we have actually seen a couple of shows that are like, you know, uh, objectively okay, okay. Like, you know, it's not the best thing in the world, but uh, the kind of numbers that they have done, they have like completely changed the game in that that uh, in the web series space so marketing can actually elevate a show to a cult classic currently and that's something that we have just seen in india in the last three four years both in fiction and non-fiction so we we had none of that all we had was like you know all my comic friends and they they really i i, I made it a point to show uh, the like, you know, to show the series to them before the show was released. I used to go to their house and I was like, hey, do you want to watch source?" And like we used to just watch uh, at night and they all, like, you know, uh, liked the show and really helped me promote it. So that
0: helped a lot. There's nothing better than having a show get out to people in an organic way, particularly, you know, if your friends can support as opposed to, because you can do like all the paid media you want. Yeah. But it's yeah. not, yeah, it's just not as powerful as when it comes organically like that. And you've got friends who've got their own reach promoting yeah. it for you, which is great. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We, we got we got some great reviews. Uh, we got some horrible reviews also. So it's exactly perfect. Like, okay. That's how it should be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want those controversial reviews because that's what makes people want to go and see it, right? Yeah. And when yeah. people pan it and, and like completely slam it so hard, then you're like, okay, well, maybe there's something in this.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so quite you, quite happy with the whole thing. You seem very uh industry savvy. Have you sort of, have you spent time studying how the industry works out there or has that just been a natural result of you just being immersed in it?
1: Uh of Source was my film school. Like, you know, that that was it. Like, okay. Of Source uh, taught me everything uh right from uh you know, the the individual aspects of it, like writing and like, you know, conceptualizing, pitching and all of that. Yeah. To the group aspects of it of how to like, you know, uh, uh, put a team together, how to like cast, how to, uh, you know, get the right director, how to get mm-hmm. the right music director. Uh, so it, it like uh, it's the best film school uh, that you can get because uh, it's your show and you're also learning. Yeah. I uh, I tried to like surround myself with like, you know, people who are obviously more experienced, people I uh, trusted and people who actually got the vibe of afsos I met with a lot of people uh, when I was, uh, when we were, uh, you know, me and Debo, we were like interviewing directors uh, for the show. And um, also we were like looking for uh, an additional writer. So we met a lot of people and Ofsource was a story where, uh, you know, in five minutes you would understand if the other person gets your vibe or not. It's a okay, pretty yeah. left of center kind of a thing, so like I, you could just feel it, and uh, so that that so that told us ki, okay, always go with a gut feeling. You know, that's a big learning yeah. in this whole process.
0: So you'd uh, meet with different writers, and then what well, you'd ask them questions on their thoughts on the script.
1: Yeah, we, we wouldn't like we would narrate our story. We would narrate whatever of uh, source was at that stage, and okay. uh, then uh, yeah, we would just. Uh, just have a conversation about it, would hear their points, we would like, you know, uh, just uh, discuss it. And that would like tell us, okay, like, you know, we like this aspect or we like this energy. The energy was very important. Another thing I learned uh, while making Upsource was, uh, you know, the energy in the writing room uh, needs to translate on set. Uh, Then only the writing will translate on screen. Like this is, I don't know if this is true, but this is the the latest thing that theory that I have is we had the best time writing of shows. It didn't feel at, like a job at all. I used to write at my house. The other two writers who are my best two friends used to come at my house. So it was like a party for an for a year with no, uh, you know, interference from Amazon or any other producer. So it, it was like just the best. And that thing, I like my job when the show went on floor was to basically... Uh, ensure that the seam like you know, energy translate on set. So I used to give a lot of parties every Friday night. we Used to go out and like drink for no reason. Like you know, we still have like 30 days left. We are like you know, we're fucked up today only on set, but we still. <laughs> I just wanted to keep them, like you know, like how we were in the writing room. Yeah, and uh, and we actually managed to do it. Like everybody who worked on set on off source kind of did it at half the money. They really wanted to be part of this team. Like we had a very, like very interesting team. Like some theatre. Legends were there, uh, you know. The the director was uh, very promising. People had heard a lot about them. Then we had these bunch of comics, and you know, in in India, there's always a lot of intrigue around comics. Like, who who the fuck are these guys who just come onto the scene in the last ten years and suddenly like you know they are on YouTube and all. So we had the right balance. So and you know that energy translated on set. So on set, like I've been to other sets. And, uh, you know, it's, it's chaos. It's complete chaos. You know, uh, when a film is being shot, like the plans have gone for a toss and all. But our show was surprisingly so well planned. Our director planned it so well before we went on floor uh, that it was a party. It was truly a party and then like, you know, now I can sense it okay, because the uh, floor was such uh, the film, uh, the series has come out exactly how we intended it to be. The series has come out exactly how we thought of it in my house, you know, three years back. Yeah. So, that connection is there so all these things we have learned just on the job. Uh, and That's I still right. want to learn a, a lot more uh, technical side of things like, you know, direction and camera and all that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this this has been a great film
0: school for me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Just doing it is the way that you're going to learn. You can read all the books you want, but it's incomparable yeah. to actually making something. And the experiences that you gain along the way, like you're saying, you're pretty much having a rap party every week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I was like, listen, I'm getting paid a lot of money for this. I don't mind spending some from my pocket really. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> so- <laughs> great. So you touched upon before the uh, I guess danger in a way of expressing certain views as a comedian in India I was reading the story about um, you know fellow comedian Munwa and uh, Kunal can you can you talk to me about what the current um, atmosphere and climate is at the moment in India in in relation to performing certain jokes and and being wary of what will happen as a result of that
1: Uh, The current climate uh, in India is such that uh, all comedians will think ten times before doing a political joke. That's the reality, and uh, like you know, nine out of those ten comedians will end up not doing that joke uh, because they just don't want the stress attached to it. So. Effectively, we are currently a scene uh, that's doing selective stand-up. You know, uh, we we are not free to, like, you know, say whatever. Like, we might think to ourselves, you know, like, you know, we are in this independent profession, we can do what we want, but we can't really. Because... uh, You know, this has been brewing for the last like four, five years, but now it's so real because Munawar was in jail for 40 days. Uh, Kunal Kamra has a contempt of Supreme Court verdict that's going to come out, I think, next week.
0: Uh, And and Munawar was, he's gone into prison for a very specific joke, which is, is, am I right in thinking it was even debatable whether he even told that joke at that time in that club? yeah
1: yeah so currently it's not really about the joke like you know the joke is just the excuse the joke is just the headline yeah uh, like uh it's it's not about the joke he didn't tell that joke uh, right.
0: the like, joke was it, about mocking
1: hinduism yeah it wasn't really like you know it never is you know like yeah. uh, none of these jokes are about mocking things but that's the narrative that's like you know created that's how they I,
0: interpreted uh, it <laughs>
1: Exactly. So, we, yeah. we currently don't have an independent media. Uh, all the big uh, TV channels, uh, you know, uh, are just completely sold out. So, uh, it's very easy to make a narrative right now in India. Uh, so, like, you know, Munawad uh, went to jail for a joke he didn't crack. But uh, the next day on the news… Uh, you know, the narrative that was there was uh, Munawar mocked Hindu goddesses and uh, that's why he's in jail and even my friends uh, who are like, uh, who are pretty well-to-do and like, you know, have kind of the same upbringing as me, even they don't know the truth because they everybody follows the news in the evening uh, on TV, so it's, it doesn't matter what the joke is if they decide, ki, okay, this comedian needs to go to jail you will go to jail that's, that's how it is right now
0: And are you wary of that happening to you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very. I actually had a nightmare about it last night. <laughs> I just really? woke up. Yeah, yeah, I woke up and I was telling my wife, "Ki hey, man, uh, I, I just had this nightmare that I've been uh, sent for three weeks judicial custody. I don't know why, but that was the specific thing I remembered from my dream. So it's, 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 it's. yeah, it's it's not cool because in Take It Easy, I talk about offense the entire show. That yeah. was a show about, like, you know, how we need to take it easy. And uh, wh- one of my jokes in that show was uh, selective stand up is no stand up. It's Spending. Like, uh, if you are just telling what the audience has come to listen, uh, then then you might as might well do poetry or some other thing and like, you know, just fuck off from here. Uh, and the, the example that I actually took was a political example where like, you know, what happens is a political party in India, we have this huge political rallies where, uh, you know, uh, when Narendra Modi will go and address his followers and his opposition leader Rahul Gandhi will go and address his followers. So I equated selective stand up to pandering that political parties do because if narendra modi goes to his opposition's rally and you know uh, starts talking that's interesting right like when Narendra Modi is otherwise just talking to his own people that there's nobody to like you know uh, it's whatever he can say like rubbish he can say gibberish and people are still going to applaud but what if he goes to an opposition party rally that's interesting so this was my analogy Mm. don't you want that in stand-up like in stand-up you want like people who are like you know talking something other than just like pandering or like then might as well you can come and do stand-up if I am telling what you are thinking then why do you even need me like you know just develop some like just one Watch some youtube videos and just do it yourself yeah. So, so like you know this is something i actually touched upon but that's it i just did it as a joke then but now it's reality now selective stand-up is what everybody is doing in india right now uh, and a lot of lot of comics are uh, cool with it. You uh, know, I, I, I'm like, you know, I can do a one hour show uh, that will kill without touching upon anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because somebody has told you that you can't do this, uh, you know, just like bothers me at the back of my mind that uh, that's not right. Like, you know, if, if you have been told that you can't do it, then then the, the whole point of stand up and this like, you know, being an independent uh, artist just doesn't add up. No, then what are you doing? Then you're just listening or following the majority.
0: Yeah, so I guess when you, you, you know, you view or you might hear about stories of cancel culture, you know, in the US yeah. or UK, you're like, hey, you want to know about cancel culture? <laughs> you guys ain't got <laughs> nothing on us.
1: Oh, man, like, it's it's horrible, horrible. Like, I, I'm just waiting for uh, BBC to do documentaries, okay, <laughs> over here, so that people will, uh, you know, understand what's really happening here. Because, like, the information, the control the government has on information is I I don't think any government in the history of the world has has had that. Like, they have just, they have all the... Has it it always
0: been that way or is it this specific government?
1: No, no. Like, see, no, I I truly believe that no political party is a supporter of freedom of speech. Like, Mm. every political party always has some issues with some artists. But nobody controls information like this government does. Like, they literally, like, you know, can decide what they want you to know and india is a big country like you know we're not like sweden or new zealand where like you can still like manage india is huge and so it's even more impressive how they have totally controlled all the democratic institutions that's supposed to basically uh, you know uh, put them in check is theirs now this includes the courts uh this includes the media so if you for if you get into trouble then whom do you go to like uh, that—that's currently what we are. Like the reason I totally understand why comics don't want to do jokes, is because uh, like it's not like what are you like? What's the next step? Nobody knows. It's like you know, uh, how much how much stamina you have to like fight this bullshit. Uh, like if this happened in the previous government, uh, the next step would be okay. We'll we are going to go to court. We are going to like you know fight this case. Uh, the process will still be the punishment but you at least know that the courts will probably be fair but right now that hope is also not there like you're literally like you know uh, yeah their mercy
0: so what's happened to your friends your comic friends that have been arrested are they being released or are they still in prison
1: Munawar was released after forty-five days, I think forty-five, okay. forty-six days. He was in jail. Uh, yeah, now he's out, but his case is still going on,
0: and it's gonna go on for uh, uh, like many, many years. And now, I this mean, that, and that's is, just like a weight on your shoulders, isn't it? If you have yeah, got that in yeah. the background, I mean, it's just untold amount of stuff. yeah.
1: You can never like you know just switch switch off from that. You know that's yeah. that's his reality right now, and uh, that case became like. That case is now so big that uh, just yesterday, uh, the head of Amazon Prime uh, has an FIR against her uh, for a show that released last month okay. uh, for hurting Hindu sentiments and all that. So uh, she had filed for anticipatory bail, I think. And yesterday was the hearing for that. And the judge uh, actually took example of Munawar's case in the verdict. Uh, uh, she was denied anticipatory bail. Uh, and she was, and she, uh, the verdict said that uh, something on the lines of uh, Munawar Faruki. Uh, we should not uh, like now pe- any anybody like comics like Munawar Faruki make fun of Hindu gods and goddesses. This has to stop. So now that's being used as a precedent is as I a reference it. point, so that's how the information is now set, and that's the truth no. now. So it's it's coming in like you know higher court judgments, and uh, yeah, that's where we are at right now. Kunal Same. Kamra is like the comic uh, who's like uh, the the fighting the most against it. Like he just doesn't give a fuck. Like you know he's the amount of mental strength he has is like just unbelievable. But he has a Supreme Court verdict coming out i think next week
0: and <laughs> it can go either way so with all that in mind when thinking about your future your future and your career does it make you want to leave and move to i don't know us or even uk to pursue your career here on the premise that you think you'll have more freedom of expression or are you just you're thinking like, i'm i'm gonna stay put and um fight it out here
1: you know, part of me uh, really wants to move out and uh, like uh, just pursue pursue stand up somewhere else, uh, Australia, New Zealand. Like, I just want to go to a like a very different country from India. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I am. I also want to do something on this because uh, you know, like I just feel that uh, this current generation, like you know, the challenges that we have are pretty unique. Like you yeah. know now, uh, so the, like. Uh, there's something in here as well, like, you know, at least it's, it's like, this, this is the period that people are going to uh, like read about later. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's 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 like, you know, a little bit like, uh, you know, how we have read about like, you know, like our history, like, you know, how we reached here, like, you know, we, we have faced this before, right? We have faced uh, dictatorship, we have faced colonization. So, like it's it's very interesting in that respect you, okay something is happening here like it's not like the 90s and the 2000s where so like we politically everything was pretty stable but uh, yeah so i, I have a I have a show in mind that i want to do i've been actually working on it for the last couple of years uh, Uh, which is uh, a comedy special on nationalism so i want to do that also so yeah it's it's a bit of both like i want to move out but i also want to do that show which is sure shot jail so (laughs) like i i don't really know
0: (laughs) yeah so moving moving aside from work and career what do you do outside of stand up to relax and unwind and take your your mind off it all um, I'm, I'm a huge sports
1: fan. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, and uh, that yeah, that, that's a big part of my life. Uh, so in the pandemic, when uh, live sports, uh, you know, were uh, stopped, I w- that really hit me hard. Okay, oh yeah. my god! I, because you can, I I never imagined life without live sports. Like, you know, if the Premier League is not on in the weekend, there'll be some cricket match going on. There'll be some tennis match going on. Uh, so yeah, that that was a big part of my life. So uh, right now, I'm like. Uh, consciously uh, i've started playing again uh, like you know to be fit and also just to like you know play because i used to play so much uh, when i was a kid and everything like, stopped with cricket cricket football okay. tennis like i play everything okay, so uh, all yeah, rounder all rounder I, I was the sports captain in my school and uh, i uh, like i captained my school in some i think five or six uh, disciplines and in college uh, i was i was uh, Uh, In college, I was in the football team from the first year and we won the university championship with like the best team in the entire city. So, like, you know, I've been part of like that level of sports uh, for a long time. I was in Bengal under 14s uh, in cricket. I used to go and practice at the Eden Gardens uh, for like a year. So... uh, i'm just trying to like reconnect with that part of me uh, right now i've like started playing here in bombay with my friends um, so we either play five a side football or we play tennis or even like snooker any any activity so that that's a big part of me i'm a big liverpool fan so, okay uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not, not happy with the current results. I take oh, it. Oh man, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's horrible, but I, I can live with it because we've seen like worse, and <laughs> like the last three years have been too good to be true,
0: so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, Dave, just well, you know, when you've got a minute, just spare a thought for me as an Arsenal fan.
1: Oh man, oh man, <laughs> you're an Arsenal fan. Arsenal uh, were the team when like I started following football in two thousand. And yeah, that, m- that many years like, ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thierry Henry, Dennis Burkham, oh and that team was insane. You sometimes forget you forget how far they fall and I remember I was away not long ago and I was speaking to a couple of Italian guys and uh they're like who do you support and I said Arsenal and they're like oh I'm sorry man it's like you know <laughs> that you know there's even symp- there's sympathy out there for us as, as fans of Arsenal that's how far we've that yeah lived, yeah you know? that used to be Li- Liverpool like yeah, it did.
1: Years
0: yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um, yeah. Well, you know, you you know, enjoy enjoy the moment while it lasts. I guess as a as a Liverpool fan. Yes. And yes. um yes. Are, are there any books that you've you've read that have had a big impact on you or inspired you in some way?
1: Uh, I think uh, one book that like uh, really uh, changed my life for like the years uh, following was uh, the autobiography of a yogi um, i've got it just uh,
0: there on my shelf
1: i haven't read it yeah. yet I'm oh please read it, it. Okay. yeah yeah it's it, it's it's a magical book it's a difficult book actually like it took me uh, uh, three attempts to like finish it like okay. I, I used to read a few pages and then like you know uh, just forget about it but uh, it's like you don't expect that book to be funny Okay. Uh, but it is funny okay it, it, like you know some like great great things are uh you know expressed but in a very nice light light-hearted way and okay. i really enjoyed that so i i read this book when i was in college second year and i was like uh, uh i remember after that like i had this burst of confidence for the next like you know couple of years two three years and uh this book had a lot to do with it really uh, yeah 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 so yeah impact wise uh like I've actually like not read a book for a couple of years
0: now but uh, impact wise you know yeah that that book is special okay Uh, would you say that you're a spiritually inclined person a little bit
1: uh, actually I feel that you know uh, what I got out from that book uh, was at a very different uh, period of my life so right now uh, like you know I don't really have that similar energy going on now like you know moved on to other things but uh, you know for that moment uh, in that period of time i was i think what uh, 18 i think at that point 18 or mm. 19 uh, you know that was just perfect uh, i i was a little spiritually inclined at that point and i've like you know come away from it now but uh, for for that period it was very important
0: Okay. And do you think you've come away from it now because you're just so busy with everything you've got going on? And if so, do you think that that kind of energy helps your creativity in in any way or do you sort of like compartmentalize it?
1: You know, the the thing I remember after reading that book is that uh, I kind of uh, felt that uh, any problem that appears right now, I'm ready to face it. Like that was my learning from that book. And that, that was my attitude for the next few years that really helped me in my, like, you know, in college, in my job, in my uh, first job. And then I even moved to stand up not many years after that. So uh, that was kind of the default attitude I have. I'm not afraid of problems, but right now, like I've had so many problems, yeah. like, whether it's in the personal life or in like the professional world. And like, you know, my parents, my relationship with my parents is pretty complex that I've moved away from that. Like, right now, I'm like, hey, man, I don't want a problem. Like, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the
0: difference. Yeah, it's before you like, bring it on. I'm fine. I'm cool. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. Sometimes reality just bites you on the bum. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, okay, final question for you, uh, Anuban. What um, does the idea of balance mean to you or not? Balance. Uh, you know, I... Uh, currently uh, i am
1: i am in that uh, phase of life where i want uh, everything to be in control like where i want to be in control of everything and i think balance uh, is a big part of that like you know like uh, I haven't really thought about it, but uh, I just want to be in control. And I feel that to be in control, you have to be balanced in some way. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I think. Uh, if if uh, balance is not there, then like uh, a lot of it is like kind of uh, uncertain. Mm-hmm. So the concept I would... Uh, like to have i would like to have like you know it's it's just like you know while writing also how you don't want others interfering it's like you know in my life i just want like to do my thing without like you know so yeah i I guess i need to be balanced for that balance can be like you know interpreted in many ways but i'm just seeing it as a like you know how you're standing
0: yeah okay great answer um where can people find out what you're up to what's the best place to keep up with your work
1: Instagram, Instagram is where uh, everybody is on right now because uh, Twitter has been taken over by... uh the politicians so uh in you know you know when uh we used to uh like in the early days of stand-up we used to test jokes on twitter and mm-hmm. if uh, anything got like about 30 40 retweets uh we used to be like hey this this has potential uh let's try it on stage but now if uh you know tweet gets 30 40 retweets you're like okay you are in the radar of the political party so you can definitely not do that joke <laughs> so yeah instagram is where we are all at uh i'm i'm uh, yeah all, all my show updates uh, all my releases uh, i put
0: it out on instagram great so it's the, it's the safer glossier home for for you uh so far yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: fingers crossed I'm, it's been really great talking with you thank you thank you thank you so much Steve. And 365 day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.